and good morning once again, baseball fans, and welcome to the Kanika Daily Baseball Podcast. I am your host, Kenny, and with me, as always, is my beautiful wife, Nika. Nika, how are you today? Good morning to everybody out there. How was your weekend starting off? Great. Oh. I hear a woodpecker. Yeah, there's been a woodpecker knocking as we've been uh, getting prepared for this episode over here. Yeah. Today is Saturday, May 6th. 2023 and it is rivalry week in major league baseball we've got a great show for everyone today uh we're going to be breaking down all of the rivalry games that happened last night there was some exciting ones going down especially in southern california and seattle unveiled their city connect uniforms last night and we have thoughts also nika's going to be breaking down a little bit of uh the new tampa bay rays promotion which is just simply called Randy Land, and we'll let your imaginations run wild for a few minutes, and we'll get back to that later. But first, before we get to anything else, it's time once again, ladies and gentlemen, to welcome in our legendary baseball voice, Max Kane, who's here with a look back at all of Friday's action and another edition of the Retro Rundown. All right, good morning, rise and shine. This is legendary baseball voice Max Sugar Kane here with a look back at all of yesterday's action and another edition of the Retro Rundown for Saturday, May 6th, 2023. Boston stays hot, winning at Philadelphia 5-3 behind a strong starting performance from veteran Southpaw Chris Sale. Five different Red Sox players drove in a run apiece Boston now has won seven straight games. Also staying hot in the AL East were the Baltimore Orioles, winning in Atlanta in convincing fashion 9-4. The Orioles broke the game open with seven in the seventh, thanks to a grand salami from right fielder Anthony Santander. The Rays welcomed the Yankees into Tampa Bay and their new Friday night promotion, Randy Land, by beating them 5-4. It was all knotted up in the seventh when Wander Franco doubled in Yande Diaz for the go-ahead run. The Twins topped the Guardians in Cleveland 2-0 behind Max Kepler's two-run homer. Twins righty Bailey Oba pitched seven scoreless for the Twinkies, who've now won two in a row. The White Sox came from behind on the road to beat the Reds in Cincinnati 5-4. It was the kid they called Lubab, Luis Robert Jr., with the go-ahead two-run homer in the seventh. The Pirates dropped their fourth straight game, this one at home to the Blue Jays 4-0, who bounced back after being swept four straight games in Boston. George Springer tattooed a homer to left, his fourth of the season. The Mets barely staved off the Rockies at home 1-0. Brandon Nimmo homered in the fourth for New York, who got six strong innings from Japanese rookie sensation Kodai Senga and his ghost forkball. The Cubs got back on the winning track at Wrigley on Friday afternoon against the Marlins 4-1. Ian Happ hit a curveball into the right field bleachers for the Cubbies. They're getting restless in St. Louis, where the Redbirds drop the opener to the Tigers 5-4. Javier Baez stays hot for Detroit with a homer and two RBIs. The Cardinals have now lost seven straight and have the worst record in the National League. In Southern California, it was Fernando Tatis Jr., El Nino, connecting for two homers off of the future Hall of Famer Clayton Kershaw, the second time in his career he'd taken him deep twice in the same game. San Diego wins 5-2. Josh Hader gets his 11th save of the season for the Friars. The Giants top the Brew Crew and ace Corbin Burns and Sanfran 6-4. Sean Manea got his first win as a Giant. Milwaukee has now dropped five in a row. 
In Seattle, the Mariners were donning their new City Connect uniforms, featuring the Poseidon Trident look from the 70s. Nevertheless, the Astros came out on top thanks to a ninth-inning two-run homer off the bat of Kyle Tucker to break a 4-4 tie, leading the Strohs to a 6-4 win on the road. In the desert, starting pitcher Merrill Kelly tossed seven innings and struck out ten, leading the Diamondbacks over the Nationals 3-1. Corbin Carroll homered for the Snakes, his fifth of the season. The Angels came back from a 4-0 deficit to beat the Rangers at home 5-4 in 10 innings. Rookie shortstop Zach Nito scored the winning run on a wild pitch. And in Oakland, Brent Rucker continues to rake for the Athletics, going 3-5 with his 10th homer of the season, and he also added 3 RBIs for the A's, who beat the Royals 12-8 in the battle for the worst team in the American League. We'll be right back here tomorrow to recap all of today's games right here on the Kanika Daily Baseball Podcast. All right, back to Kenny and Nika. Thank you, Max. Thank you, Max. What a great recap of all of yesterday's games. You know, we're so lucky to have such a talented, legendary baseball voice give up his time every day just for this podcast. we got to give him a more of a fanfare welcoming. Yeah, I think we're going to work on that this weekend. Oh, great. Yeah, we, we've been talking. He has, Max has a lot of creative ideas, and unfortunately, we have a lot going on in our daily lives as well, so we don't always have time to accommodate Max's requests. But oh, yeah. on the weekend, I like to do what I can to make him happy because, uh, you know, like I said, we're really lucky to have him, and uh, he, he can be a little grouchy, I know, but he's from that era. Well, I know, but he's a great addition. He is. Great addition. Great addition to the show. Thank you again, Max. Uh, we're lucky to have you. Yes, thank you. All right, Nika, so what are we looking at today? We had a fun Friday where lots of rivalry started. We did. Obviously, if you listen to this podcast, we, we follow the Friars in, in San Diego quite closely. And uh, so they were playing the Dodgers last night, and that's a big rivalry game for them. It was an awesome game. If you haven't seen it, go check out the highlights. It's worth it just to see Kershaw rattle a little bit. <laughs> Well, I mean, we don't mean to harp on the Dodgers, so we're, I'm, I'm sure we're not making any friends if any Dodgers fans are listening to the show. But, uh, yeah, Clayton got a little rattled last night. You could kind of tell he was visibly upset by both of the homers that Tatis hit. Um, he also walked five last night, which is really uncharacteristic for him. Yeah, it wasn't his best start yesterday. It was a great game, but I don't think uh, Kershaw had his best game yesterday. He certainly did not have his best game of this season, that's for sure. Um, yeah. But, you know, I I got to wonder, at his age and at his mileage, how much there is going to be left in the tank. It's a long season, and he just has a long, it's a long way to go still. So um, he threw a lot of pitchers, pitches last night. He was laboring. He was taken out earlier than he probably wanted, but it was justified. He's only 35. He's not that old. Verlander is 40. I sure. mean, he's getting up there. Don't get me wrong. He's getting up there. I don't see Clayton Kershaw winning another Cy Young Award is what I mean. He did look a little rejuvenated to start the season, but again, you got to wonder how long that's going to last. Like, I'll, I'll be curious to see how he looks in his next start if he bounces back from this one because he's competitor. You know, he doesn't want to walk five guys like that in a start. That was like one of the worst starts of his career when it comes to control. And he, he even got hosed on a couple calls, I, I thought. 
Sure, well, but he also, it went both ways. It went it went exactly. for both pitchers, and you have to adjust accordingly. I mean, also you don't want to lay pitches over the heart of the plate to the Padres hitters either. So I I totally understand being frustrated. And baseball is a very mental game. If an yes. umpire is being tight with you around the corners, and you're trying not to lay pitches in, every hitter is good in the majors. Oh yeah, you just have to make an adjustment. When Tatis had a first home run yesterday to tie the game, I noticed Kershaw rattled a little bit. He got a little uh, shaky because Machado came up and he had a hit. You know, it kind of created this domino effect. Oh, no doubt. He, even coming into the game, they were talking about kind of, you know, I mean, Fernando's a young guy. He's 24. He has had success against Kershaw before. So they were kind of talking about that. And I think, obviously, Clayton knew that. So the fact that he gave it up to him, I think, is what bothered him. It's like, this is the one guy that I was studying or that I wasn't going to let beat me. And then, you know, obviously when he gave up the second homer to him, that was kind of the nail in the coffin for Kershaw's evening. You know, like, I think he was like, I'm just, I'm out of (laughs) here. Yeah, he couldn't find himself after that. That's what got him taken out of the game, basically. But you cannot forget you. You were amazing last night. He had a rough start in the first inning like he traditionally does. Yeah, if you're going to score on you, that's where you, your chance is first, maybe second inning. Mm-hmm. After that, forget it. If he gets settled in, you're not going to hit it. Unless there's um some kind of air that allows for, uh, for a score. Darvish pitched six and two-thirds of an inning, only allowed two runs, and struck out six hitters. He did, and he was very economical with his pitches last night. I was following throughout the game, you know, like he was he was not throwing 20, 30 pitches in an inning at all. He was very on point, his breaking ball. He was throwing a nasty, like, 72, 74-mile-an-hour curveball yesterday. I can't even explain his pitches and his split finger fastball was also just breaking really hard last night to a few of the hitters you know and I can't just explain having those three pitches all working for you no no pun intended it it was a really nice sight to behold they mentioned that I think Hader walked a batter in the ninth if I'm not mistaken he did okay and they, they made a comment at the time that it was the first walk given up by Padres pitching since the first hitter of the game, Mookie Betts, who scored, actually. Right, in the first it, inning. So that was that just shows you how locked in he was for the rest of the game. He he walked the first hitter, but then didn't walk another hitter since. So it, having seen a lot of you Darvish starts, I was really apprehensive after I saw him walk that first hitter, but I was really glad to see him uh, settle down after that. Yes, he turned it up all around and it made it stick that, really good pitching from him so it was a really fun start i feel like to the series in san diego five to two uh tight game throughout it was three to one and then it was four to one and then it was four to two and finally it was five to two so you really like to see the the rivalry kind of continue and take hold you know like i think for a while it was like a half a rivalry mm-hmm. and but now that the Padres beat the Dodgers last year in the playoffs, you know, they kind of got bragging rights. Um, what a rowdy crowd last night. It was full house. It was way full, but also just like the beat L.A. chants were in there, uh, just like the postseason, kind of. I felt like it was by far the rowdiest game of the year for the Padres so far at home. Well, and Kim has his own chanting yeah, they, they, fan club. They chant Ha Sian Kim. 
you know, beat LA. They they were very into those like three hit chants, I guess, if you want to call them that. Really good game overall. Really good game. Also, we in Southern California last night, we had the Angels coming from behind to beat the Rangers. And this was a win that I certainly didn't see coming until the end. It was a 10th inning, it's, too. But going into the 8th inning, you know, uh, and into the bottom of the 8th inning, it was 4 to nothing, Texas. And Texas has a pretty decent bullpen. Yeah. Uh, so you figure they're going to win this game. And lo and behold, Mike Trout got an RBI single in the 8th. But still, four to one, and then all of a sudden, LA just scored three runs in the bottom of the ninth somehow. To tie the game. <laughs> to tie the game, and then uh, in the bottom of the tenth, their pitcher—I'm—I'm I'm gonna butcher this guy's name. Josh Spores threw a wild pitch, and the young rookie shortstop Zach Nito scored, and Angels win. That simple. It was a wild pitch, I think. That he scored yeah, on. it was yeah. a wild pitch for sure. It's a tough way to lose a game on a wild pitch for the Rangers for sure. You know, having seen the play, I, I got to say that that one looks like it's on the catcher to me. I feel like it should have been ruled a pass ball. Like, okay. Like now it, they are both tied for the first place in that division, Angels and the Rangers. Yes. So a little standings update here. I'm sorry. I got a lot of windows open here, folks. You're going to have to bear with me. So, yeah, the, the Texas and the Angels are tied. Um, if I'm the Angels right now, I, I really want to win these two games. I want Texas leaving with us in front. But if if they split... Or if Texas wins the next two, they're going to be tied or trailing. So that's that standpoint for me, if I'm the Angels, at least. I want to be, and, and if you look, like Texas has played less games. That might matter at the end of the season. Somebody mentioned a good point yesterday, and I think it's important to talk about during this rivalry section, actually, which is that the way the Major League schedule broke down this year, um, I think they said that you play your division rivals six less times. So like... You know, if we just look at the AL West, for example, like, and take the Angels, in years past, the Angels would have played Texas, Houston, Seattle, and Oakland all 19 times each during the regular season. That would have broken down into, like, I think three series at one team's place and three series at another team's place. So if you took it, like, 18 games is divided by six is three so there's like six series, and then that 19th game, one of those series would be a four-game series at one of the, for one of the teams, and then I think it would rotate year to year. If you played that seventh or that that 19th game was at your opponent's place the year before, this year it would be at your place if that makes sense. Okay. Yeah, I think I I think I explained that correctly. Yes, but now they play only 13 games against their divisional opponents because they've opened up those other games to play everybody this year. You used to only play one interleague division. So if you were in the National League, you would only play like the AL Central in one year, and then you would play the AL East the next year, and then you would play the AL West the year after that, and it would just rotate every three years. Now they want everybody to play everybody every year. So they've taken from those divisional matchups. And what they were saying is now that they have these six less games, that the actual 13 games that they do play are now more weighted. You know, if if the Padres and the Dodgers end up tied at the end of the year, they're going to immediately look at the head-to-head matchups between those two teams to maybe break a tiebreaker. Like, in, and when it comes to deciding, like, who makes the playoffs or who wins the division, those kinds of things do come into play, and it's definitely a tightened kind of group 
Sure. I know that the Padres and the Dodgers are going to meet 12 more times this regular season. Right. So they have 13 games together. Whereas they used to have 18. And, and what they were saying is that the scarcity of it makes these games more weighted. It's like the less that there are, the more valuable the games are. It's like scarcity. You know? It makes sense. It's it, for the division. Yeah, it is, you know, like... But at the same time, it's one game. Like, let's not get ahead of ourselves. There's 12 left. And we haven't necessarily played, like, the Diamondbacks or the Rockies all that great yet either. No, we lost to the Diamondbacks. The Padres did. Right. So we need to treat them seriously, too, you know, as a, as a Padres team. The Padres have pretty tight division. Diamondbacks are no slouch. Dodgers are no slouch. San Fran, you shouldn't overlook them either. Colorado is struggling this year. That's one, one get healthy game. Well, yeah. I mean, we opened the year against Colorado, and I don't think we've played them again since. I don't and think so. We we owe them a little bit because yes. they roughed us up. <laughs> Anyways, with regards to the Angels and Rangers, though, in these games do matter. You know, they only play each other thirteen times as well. You know, so if I'm the Rangers, like I gotta be stressing the message, like we can't be giving these games away on the road, especially you know when we're up four nothing in the eighth. So the Rangers need to figure out how to avoid that from happening because. It's just too important now that they play these games less, you know. Mm-hmm. Well, time will tell. The standings will show on Monday where everybody mm-hmm. falls in. Well, also, you know, the Angels now have won five in a row, so they're getting hot. And and I think the Angels are just going to be an interesting story all year with, with the Otani trade threats looming, you know. It's only going to happen if the Angels are out of it. Yeah. Obviously, they don't want to let them go. It's going to be interesting to, to watch. Okay. We also had the Astros-Mariners game, which was a, a rematch, I believe, of the American League Divisional Series. From last year. From last year. That, it was a crazy game last night. You know, everything looked good for the Mariners. They had their new jerseys on. They had their ace pitching, Luis Castillo, and yet everything did not fall their way. <laughs> um, he gave up a home run to Jordan Alvarez that was eerily similar to the home run he gave up to him in the playoffs last year. So um, talk about deja vu for Mariners fans. I think they were probably sick to their stomach watching that one. Um, But nevertheless, the Mariners kind of fought and came back. We watched it happen late last night, and then they kind of wet the bed and gave it right back to the Astros. Kyle Tucker hit a home run in the top of the ninth. Houston gets out of there with a victory. If I'm the Mariners, this is bad. You know, I'm, I'm looking at their home record right now, 7-10. and 10. Yeah, they're not doing too good. And they have such a great fan base. Like, I, I, always, I see their stadium, like, you know, full a lot. A lot more than other teams out there, that's for sure. The, the Mariners have always had a loyal fan base. I have to give them that. And, mm-hmm. you know, they deserve a better product, I think, on the field than they're getting right now. Um, I don't, I'm not sure what... The problem is with Julio Rodriguez right now, but he is slumping big time. Maybe he just cooled off and it just takes some time uh, to get it going again. He was put on the injury list at some point. Well, they gave him a couple days off recently to like take care of a lower back injury. Okay. He was uh, an 0 for 4 though in the game last night and he's now batting 216 on the season. That's a uh, really a big drop off from his rookie of the year numbers last year, 284. He wound up batting over the year. He had a really rough start last year as well. I remember the umpires were squeezing him 
Um, he had some really rough strikeout calls early on in his life, and he's still a very young man here, 21 years old, maybe 22 now. I'm not exactly sure what's his birthday. Um, he's 22, but he just turned 22 in December, so... He will be 22 all season long, and he's a young man, but he needs to step it up, too. He needs to get going. He needs to, like, put the work in with the coaches in the film room. Like, what am I doing wrong? Where's my weak spots right now? And he needs to, like, start turning those weaknesses into strengths, you know? That's how you get out of slumps. You got to take what's given to you, you know? And and they're not going to give you anything that you want right now. So you're, you're forced. Whatever you need to do, you need to change your mentality and start to, like, you know, take what the pitchers are giving you. Well, hopefully he can turn it around. He's such a dynamic player. It would be nice to see him get back on the hitting wagon. Absolutely. It is, but it's also like a little bit concerning that he hasn't, um, that he has had these like little lingering injuries as a young man. I know it's hard to go from playing in the minors to playing in the majors because they play just so much more games. You know, like they, they still play a lot of games in the minors, but they don't play as many as like the pros do. Really? Yeah, you can tell when you look at the back of their cards, especially when they're young, they don't play 162 games in the minors. They might play over 100 throughout the summer, but they're also traveling by bus. So they can't fly out of Southern California into New York that night, you know, and be ready to play the next day, if potentially. That still is a long flight. Maybe more realistic is, like, you can't leave San Diego and fly into Seattle. You, you can do that on the same night and play the next day. Yeah. Whereas, like, in the minors, you can't go okay. from San Diego to Seattle in one day. That, that just doesn't happen. Well, my- we made that drive up the California coastline, and that is uh, not a short drive. No, it's not. It's a pretty drive, but it's not a short drive. Yes. All right. Before we move on, I just I, I really want to see Julio Rodriguez turn it around. He's such a dynamic young player, and the game is better with Julio Rodriguez that is performing up to expectations. So we'll see where it goes for him. I hope he puts it together for sure. And finally, though, I wanted to talk about the Rays and Yankees and talk about Randy Land for sure, and uh, I'm intrigued to hear all about it. Um <laughs> But more importantly, the Rays won last night against their against the Yankees. Um, man, it's tough. The Yankees are still over 500, but they are now 10 games behind the Rays because the Rays are just playing out of their minds. The Rays are just all business. They just come in and want to play and win. So true. I feel like if the Padres are like, the team that's kind of having like the most fun when you look at like the sombrero and some of the other antics that they got going on like i feel like the rays are kind of like the uh the opposite not the opposite but more the anti thesis of that they are just all business but at the same time that's not true because we know who's on their team and it's someone you wanted to talk about randy arosa and he is just one of the most fun people in the game Absolutely. And they do have fun. So I don't want to sound like the Rays don't have fun while they play the game. They still have fun. Yeah. It really speaks to their management. They come in, they take care of business, and they have fun doing it. It's sort of like an old adage. Like, it's like winning is fun. Yeah. And, and, or, or when you win, then you have life fun. is more fun. Yeah. You know, like, than it is when you're losing. So. I mean, look at Phillies. I, I'm sorry to bring it up. They had a really rough week. You know, they, they got up for that Astros series somehow. They, they won two out of three from Houston yeah. last weekend. And then they, they came into L.A. and just wet the bed big time. I, I don't know if they thought they were going to just get this artificial bump from Bryce being back, but it did not come. Yeah. 
Anyway. The Rays just continue to dominate. They've now won four in a row again. Baltimore wins two in a row. Boston, seven, know, seven in a row. Eight and two in their last ten. You, you think you're making progress, and yet... You've only gained a game on both of those teams because Baltimore is seven and three, and Tampa Bay seven and three in their last ten. So I don't know who can win this division. I do have to give a shout out to the Red Sox, though. I think exceeding a lot of people's expectations, they're now only the second team in baseball to have two hundred runs scored as a team this season, and Tampa Bay being obviously the other one. <laughs> sure. You know, but that just speaks to how many runs they've scored, how their offenses playing red sox yeah they are hot at the moment seven game winning streak for that division that's a lot yeah but we're getting off subject. yeah we, we need to talk about randy land okay so randy land nico what can you tell us about the randy land promotion that the tampa bay rays are doing they have unveiled what it's called randy land promotion it's a promo that will run every friday their home games and if you find yourself in tampa bay you can check out the game get a ticket for uh 49 in the 360 seating area which is right behind randy i think left field okay so by going there, you're going to also receive a t-shirt and a cutout of Randy, like a fat head cutout <laughs> of Randy. Okay. And a little Mexican flag and some other um, signs to display throughout the game. Also, every time Randy hits a home run during the Friday home games, that section will receive a voucher for a Budweiser, Bud Light, soda or a water if you don't drink alcohol to redeem the fan favorite stand in the left field right by randy so this is all about randy i think it's a phenomenal promotion well and he gave uh his fans an early treat in the game last night by homering in the first inning that's true. So it's a $49 bleacher ticket, basically, which gets you a Randy Land t-shirt, a Mexican flag, and this fat HUD type cutout. We kind of fell in love with Randy during the World Baseball Classic a little bit because he was having a great time with the event. And I think he kind of embodied a lot of what the World Baseball Classic is about. I think if he wasn't a baseball player, he would have been an entertainer. Oh, absolutely. He was out shagging fly balls and like cowboy boots and a cowboy hat. Um, he has fun with the fans. Yeah, um, he. I think he embodies the whole Mexican culture and he wants to share it with everybody around. Yeah. It really shows. I, I think it's a great idea to do this. I would hope more teams can find some player or a willing player. For sure. Um. You definitely have to be careful. Like, you don't want to isolate different teammates, you know, or, or be like, oh, why is he getting this or whatnot? Yeah, Especially with what you said before a few minutes ago about the Rays being all about business. I think everybody agreed to this on the team. So it wasn't just something that it, it, it happened organically. You can't change that either. You know, you have to let things happen organically. And like, you know, certain players develop rapport with fans, you know, like, um, Look at Tatis. He interacts with the fans. Maybe not the way Randy does, but he still interacts. Absolutely. A lot of these younger players, especially, you know, from the Latin countries and the Caribbean area, like they just have a different demeanor on the field. They they bring more of their heritage and more of their culture onto the field. I know it rubs some people the wrong way, but I like it. I think it adds flavor to the game that is 
fun. And, you know, the more that you mix in the pot, the better it gets. You know, I really enjoyed watching the Japanese baseball and even the Chinese fans during the World Baseball Classic, how their interaction during the game is so far different from here. The you know, cheerleading on the dugout. Leaders on the dugouts. Like, yeah. I want to really quick before we get out of here, I wanted to get back to Seattle again really quick because last night they uh, debuted their new City Connect uniforms. And as we are always paying attention to uh, all things baseball fashion here on the Kanika Daily Baseball Podcast, I wanted to sort of review these uniforms because we have thoughts. They unveiled them yesterday, I mean Friday, yeah. right? They even trotted uh, Harold Reynolds out there, MLB oh, yeah, analyst did. Harold Reynolds, and uh, he had on like the the blue and yellow jersey because Harold played for the Mariners when they had those kind of colors but they had the trident on the hats upside down trident upside down trident to make like the letter M for Mariners Um, and then they had like the uh, the kind of they brought back like the blue and yellow color scheme from the 70s and 80s Uh, if you remember in 92 or 93 or something the Mariners changed from being blue and yellow to having more of like that teal and navy uh color scheme that we've all kind of grown accustomed to them having and that was part of the Griffey era I think and like just you know Griffey wanting to be a little bit more colorful and and different unique on the field so um fun times for sure for the Mariners um uh, but bringing back that retro look, so I thought the top half of the jersey was really well done. Uh, the the blue and yellow trim letters, uh, a black outline on it, I think, and then like uh, some yellow trim around the, the collar and around the arms. But then the pants came, and they kind of threw me off a little bit when I was looking at it because they were black. And I don't necessarily associate black as being one of the most dominant colors in the Mariners' color scheme. Yeah, they had this stripe going down their leg too, which the pants remind me a lot of like military police pants because mm-hmm. they are black with a stripe running down the right. leg that's a little brighter. But you're right. I wish they were brighter colors. I think the City Connect uniforms in general are this opportunity for teams to be colorful and like fun with their fans and like the Padres come to example you know they have this kind of like mint green pink and yellow color scheme going remember Red Sox they are bright yellow maybe blue colors very bright color yeah maybe there was some weird desire to not compete with those uniforms in a sense but I feel like the black is out of place in the uniform at least being that dominant of a color I do too. And you're talking about games that are being played during the summer in the heat and you wearing black. That's not the best color for the summer. I would go with brighter, lighter colors so you don't sweat so much. Yeah, I agree. I think there's this desire also to not just go with like white because it's so ordinary. Sure. You know, like everybody has like a white home uniform so much. So like that you want to try and be different from that. Nevertheless, the black is just really harsh. There's not a lot of contrast there. I think that's no. what it is. If, if you're going to go with an all-dark uniform, why not just keep blue pants and keep it the same as the top? Maybe put some yellow socks down there. I could see. Oh, that would be you cool. Know. But, like, it, I didn't see that either. They had, like, more of a, a darker sock on as well. Like Yeah, it was very dark. 
the, the whole thing was dark and it wound up blending together a little bit. So I, th I give the, like the Mariners an A for an effort, but I think right now I'm going to hold them to like a B on execution. I think they need a tweak to these uniforms. Yeah. They're just not working as well. Even the Cubs, like they have those Wrigleyville uniforms that are dark Navy. Okay. That That's their city connect uniform. And they went with all Navy and it works, you know, versus like when you put two dark colors that are different on a uniform together, it's, it gets really muddy to me. It does. It's like Royal Navy blue and then you have black pants. They bleed into each other too much. Yes. So I don't know who's there in Seattle listening to this, but uh, you need to work on your City Connect uniforms just a little bit. Like the uh, idea needs a, needs a tweak to make yeah. them perfect. I do like the yellow, the yellow trim, the trident. It's very uh, yeah. I, I'm nice. wondering, like, you know, would it be too aggressive to even go with like yellow pants, like sort of like the Savannah bananas? Depends on the yellow. If it was more of a creamy yellow, it will fit nice because it would offset the navy blue mm -hmm. almost. Yeah, I wouldn't mind seeing that. Why not? I just go with like the brightness, you know, it's like, it's supposed to be fun. Yeah. It's supposed to be fun. All right. Well, good luck Mariners. I'm getting excited already for these, these games to start, these rivalry games to go again today. So got two more exciting days of baseball ahead of us. And who am I kidding? We got a whole season of exciting baseball ahead of us. And we'll be right back here every morning covering it for you guys live. Well, not live, but you know what I mean? Uh, right here on the Kanika daily baseball podcast. Uh, we're going to get out of here now. I'm Kenny, your host. I'm Nika, signing off. Adios, everybody, and we'll see you tomorrow. Bye.